0: This is professional sports handicapper, Fairway Jay, and you're listening to the Vegas Sports Zone Weekly Handicapping Podcast. Week 16 of the NFL season, this is Fairway J with the Vegas Sports Zone Handicapping and Betting Podcast. Appreciate you joining us again this week. I've got a special guest coming on this week with Daily Fantasy Sports. Crazy Gabby's going to join us. Talk a little bit about daily fantasy sports and handicapping that and give our listeners an opportunity to get involved and, and make some money. So stay tuned. We'll be back in just a moment with the week 16, Vegas Sports Zone Banding Podcast. Welcome back. This is Fairway J, the Vegas Sports Zone Handicapping and Betting Podcast. Part of our coverage this week is I've got a special guest. I'm going joined by Crazy Gaby this week. And uh, Gaby is a daily fantasy sports handicapper, and I know a lot of our listeners are involved in sports betting. Some of our guys have contacted me and said they play poker online. They get involved in sports, betting, and they're all, in, many of them are in fantasy leagues. And I thought I'd bring on Crazy Gabe this week to talk a little bit about the the betting side and getting involved in some of these contests and leagues, which uh, which uh, relate to daily fantasy sports. Welcome, Crazy Gabe.
1: Hey, how's it going, Jay?
0: Appreciate you coming on this week, and I gotta tell you, I was, I'm, uh, I've been in fantasy leagues for years and years with old friends of mine, and I really don't devote a lot of time to it once I, you know, am involved with my team during the year. But I came across the site just uh, a few weeks ago, and I, on a very short notice, I signed up and played in a little contest, and I enjoyed what I saw. I heard there's some opportunities to make money, and having played online poker in the years past when it was more available and you can jump in games I thought you know let me give this a try and unfortunately as I quickly put an auction team together I, I did it pretty quick but I didn't fare so well that week and I just thought I'd let you introduce yourself to some of these some of our guests and listeners who bet on sports and I'm sure have an interest because they're they're like hand sports and now they want to maybe translate that in over the players and I thought you'd introduce a little bit about some of the, the opportunities that are available.
1: Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head there, too, because at first glance, it really seems like you can log on to one of these sites and you know you can just take advantage of it. You know what players you like. You know which matchups you like. So you're just going to throw the players together. But when you go a little deeper into it, what's awesome about daily fantasy sports is that just like how you're trying to you know take a look at the books in Vegas and decide whether or not they've set the lines right – with daily fantasy sports you're taking a look at these sites and seeing whether they've set the player pricing right so you really have to give each salary cap on each site a very specific you know scouring and you have to you know get a comprehensive overhaul of what it looks like or else you're not going to you know be able to assemble a team that gets you the maximum amount of points so um, yeah, I think a lot of people have been in your position before where you kind of log on you're excited, you throw a team together hey, I've played fantasy sports before, but it's just not the way it ends up happening
0: you know uh, gaby i In handicapping games throughout the week, I talk and I write often about point of attack play and line of scrimmage. You know, what team's going to have success running the ball? What team's going to, you know, stop the run? And then is the matchup there for the aerial attack? And so when you start looking at the players, that's kind of uh, how it would relate to fantasy and breaking down who's going to maybe have a good week. Would you agree?
1: Yeah, definitely. And that's really where I think your listeners stand to benefit. If you're breaking down the games as far as matchups are concerned and you're confident enough to place money on those, you really already have the information that you need to become a successful daily fantasy player because all you have to do is kind of take that analysis one step further. Decide, you know, hey, we really like it when running backs play against the Bears. This week, of course, you know, with Sean McCoy going up against the Bears, you know, it's it's no secret that he's probably going to be one of the top plays this week. So anywhere you find him where he's not listed as, say, you know, the, the top overall player, that's going to be a site where you want your point of attack to be a lineup that has LaShawn McCoy starring.
0: Exactly, and I, I agree with that assessment this week, by the way, is, is obviously you've done some studying. and I, I've come on my podcast and talked for the last uh, six weeks going into last week. The Bears have been allowing – 200 yards per game on the ground, and I talked about the running backs to take advantage of that. But a couple of things, you know, when I was on the site and I was just quickly going through because I was in a limited time to be able to get it in before kickoffs, and I was doing the auction. And I, you know, there's a there, this particular site and uh, format was uh, you had the running backs and a couple quarterbacks, and then you had the ability to uh, what's the extra player you take in a little bit wider? You can't a wide receivers, but uh, the flex player. So you get an yeah, extra you get a flex player. position. And I think the um, when it gets to auction, maybe you're looking at opportunities. Clearly, I knew that week that I wanted to have some Bears and Cowboys. They were playing on that Monday – I think it was the Monday night game. And, and I knew that I was going to have an opportunity with Romo to have a big game. And I said DeMarco Murray, and I had Forte, and I had Brandon Marshall, I had Jeffrey. And then I got <laughs> to the auction part towards the end, and I knew I had limited resources left. So I had to drop a guy, add a flex guy. But guys like – you know. You know, Bobby Rainey of a Tampa Bay running back, who I'm guessing, without seeing the, the auction, you know, there's a the kind of player where maybe you look at say, I can get him on the cheap and you think he's going to have a big game or he matches up well. Is that the kind of thing you're looking for? And is that what you see week to week? And guys that are winning it are not the high profile players necessarily, but guys that are, are realizing that for the right, um, you know, you get the right dollar amount in your auction to get the quality players, but then you've got to add some players that you can they're lesser value, they're gonna have good weeks in your estimation.
1: Right, and that's that's definitely exactly what it is. You see, you know, the the salary cap that you're usually given is I'd say the standard is around $100,000. Then every player, you know, being priced uh, usually based on previous performance, what they've done in years past. Some sites factor into their algorithm for pricing the matchup that they're currently facing that week. Some of them even go so far as to, you know, what kind of weather you're looking at, whether or not they're in a dome, that sort of thing. And uh, just for example, this past weekend, I'll tell you the player that won me a lot of money was Jordan Todman. And, you know, the Jaguars, maybe not a team that uh, a lot of people are too happy to bet on when it comes to, you know, sports books, But I can tell you, you've found a lot of fantasy value this season, some of their players being priced very low and getting a lot of opportunity in sort of this catch-up mode as they're really behind in a lot of games.
0: Absolutely. Now, let me ask you, I know we're starting... Uh, this opportunity, some of our listeners, but I thought it would be a good chance for guys to check out and just try something if they haven't been involved in this. It's it's a way where you can play for some low low costs and dollars and have a chance for a big payout, and it's it keeps your interest. It's fun. It's uh it definitely I think from a handicapping side, it kind of lets you look at games and really strategize and, and get insight in that regard. But with with it being week 16 and we're going to week 17, I know a lot of Um, guys that play fantasy football are finishing up their leagues. Are there going to be opportunities in the next two weeks for guys to still get on these sites and play football? Because I know you have basketball, and we'll talk about that fantasy in a minute. But regarding football, will it end here now in the next couple weeks, and can guys still get involved?
1: Oh, definitely guys can still get involved. In fact, I would argue that this is probably the best time to try out daily fantasy football if you haven't given it a shot yet. You know, you you were in your season-long leagues. It didn't work out the way you wanted. You had a couple key injuries. Now you're staring at Week 16 and 17. You love football, but you don't maybe have as much on the line as you're used to on a Sunday afternoon. Nothing better than being able to draft a new team every weekend and have a little bit of cash on the line as well. It doesn't even have to be a whole lot. You know, for example, you know, if your listeners wanted to get involved for a dollar or two, I played in a two-dollar. Tournament tonight had 2,875 people in it. Got first place, bam, $500, and it's that simple. You know, you can deposit 10, 15, 20 bucks on these sites to get started and get your feet wet. And it's uh, it's not difficult at all to win if you already know the information. And that's really what I want to stress to your listeners, Jay's listeners, right now. I'm telling you, if you're listening to this man every single week on his podcast, you're reading his articles, you already have the information to play daily fantasy sports. You are literally throwing away your money by not trying this out.
0: It seems and all the variations in the different levels of games as far as cost people can get in from a very affordable level to try it. No different, guys, that are listening than if you walked into a sportsbook here in Vegas or a Cantor sportsbook and you wanted to try out live in-game wagering and you didn't really know much about it. They show you some things maybe at the sportsbook on how to utilize it and take advantage. But now um, I know a lot of our listeners are involved in fantasy sports and fantasy football in some way or some regard and while I'm a professional sports handicapper and I bet games um, going all the way back many years you know I've had high school friends college friends who I've stayed That's that was my way to stay in touch with them as I moved away and have lived in Vegas for many years to just have fantasy football now I, I'm not as involved in it once I set up my team but this seems like a great opportunity for you from a daily, daily and a weekly uh, opportunity to get involved and and not only improve uh, a chance to win, but improve your, maybe your skills and what you're doing. And really, I think you have a lot of fun doing it.
1: Yeah, and they complement one another so well is the, is the best part. I think you can only become a sharper sports better, better daily fantasy player by, you know, crossing over the two hobbies with one another. And it is also worth mentioning something I should have brought up earlier. Uh, you know, the last two weekends, somebody has become a millionaire from playing daily fantasy sports in their live Las Vegas finals tournaments that were held by FanDuel and DraftStreet, respectively. And this weekend, it's not a live Las Vegas final. It's going to be all online. But there's going to be a third millionaire that's crowned for a third week in a row on DraftKings.com. So, yeah, you can get in for lower amounts of money, but it's definitely worth your time because you can qualify for these large tournaments for a dollar, $2. Some of the sites even have qualifiers for free. Um, You know, the huge prizes to be won. The industry is getting ready to explode. And, uh, you know, for that very reason alone, I just can't stress it enough. You're wasting your money if you're not playing daily fantasy sports.
0: That's one of the reasons I wanted to have crazy gamey, come on, is I didn't want to promote any specific site right up up front at the top of the broadcast and get into that. I just wanted our listeners to know that there's other options out there with regards to betting football and, and fantasy. It's certainly because you're watching the games and you see the players. I know a lot of our listeners have, are involved in some capacity fantasy football, and I think this is another way. To, once you become and practice, once you become skilled at it, no different than when you're handicapping big betting, you, you you develop skills you're going to be able to make money doing this and at nominal cost to start out and learn and then, no different than, as I've worked my way over years and years of playing poker, you start to play at higher limit games, and you uh, start playing against better players, but you have a chance to win more money, and I think that's what it's about. And Crazy Game, I'm going to let you just direct our listeners maybe to a couple sites where they can see, um, learn a little bit, where they can register. I know on our site we'll have uh, a few links and a few places that you can go register, but give our listeners a, a little an opportunity to go check it out, as well as, where they can start, because basketball's in full swing, and I know they got fantasy basketball as well.
1: Yeah, and uh, two points I want to touch on real quick before I answer that question. Uh, first of all, Daily Fantasy Sports, legal in 44 states. You're not going to run into a lot of the same issues sometimes that you might with uh, with sports betting. Also, there are zero cash-out problems. Everything is handled across PayPal, everything above board, and there was special exemption made, actually, in the uh, Electronic Gaming Act, I believe, was it back in 2006... Um, you probably know about it better than I do, even, but uh, they uh, put special exemptions in that for fantasy contests. So, you know, this is something that yes. even the actual leagues themselves can get behind. But uh, t- to answer your question about where they can go for picks, I give away my picks, my plays, the information about which, uh, you know, players I think are going to have a great week, a great day, depending on the sport, at dailyfantasyradio.com. Uh, you can head over there, check out the draft kits. We've got some free podcasts, uh, you know, as well for you to download if you want to kind of get your feet wet with some strategy. And you know, as far as sites are concerned, you know, just. You know, pick one. There's the big ones like FanDuel, there's DraftKings, there's FanThrowdown. There's basically a different site for every single type of player, and that's actually what one of the podcasts we did touched on. We kind of went over the pros and cons of all the different sites. So I, I think it's just something where you got to find out where you're comfortable. And uh, I would definitely encourage your users to just throw 10 bucks on each site. You know, that's 50, 60 bucks. You know, that's maybe one or two games they were planning on betting on. Just give it a shot for a week, and then I guarantee you won't be disappointed.
0: Terrific. I look forward to having Crazy Gabey on again. Well, um, I'm going to make it a point to go uh, get registered and, and practice with regards to my skills on this auction and watch the players <laughs> and, and maybe give a little more feedback on what uh, people can expect. But I encourage you, um, as you visit VegasSportsZone.com, we're going to have some links up to uh, just offer our listeners who listen every week to the podcast or at the site – in The form of entertaining and, and uh, gaming and, and be involved in some type of fantasy level where they can get some games and, and make money and, and have fun while they're doing it.
1: Yeah, definitely. And one last thing before I go, I want to challenge you to a heads up match here in front of everybody. Let's uh let's put our money where our mouth is. You and I can uh can have a stand on all the money.
0: I look forward to it, Crazy Gaby. We're going to give our listeners an update on the opening round here with you as we do it. But um, appreciate you listening. And, again, check out the sites. We'll have some links. And uh, we'll have it again, I think, next week. Well, a little more information as well. Appreciate you joining us. Crazy Gaby.
1: Yep. Take care, buddy.
0: Okay. That's a great segment with Crazy Gaby. I hope our listeners uh, enjoyed that. Be sure to check out the sites and visit again, VegasSportsZone.com. I'll have some information about how you can – Click on over to a few of these sites. Get involved with some of the daily fantasy sports. Small amounts, you can get in and learn your way if you haven't done. it. I'm guessing that some of our listeners have certainly been involved in this and played as well. So hopefully you'll take advantage of. And I uh, will have Crazy Gabe on again to update us and keep us moving forward. But just want to give our listeners an opportunity here the last two weeks to um, give it a shot. Okay, let's get into 16 games game 101 Miami travels to Buffalo this is a big game now the Dolphins win out and they're going to be in the playoffs and that's because even though they lose the tiebreaker to Baltimore they're both eight and six tied for the last wild card spot Baltimore would win the tiebreaker but if Baltimore wins out they're going to win the division because they will have knocked off Cincinnati and uh, they got New England this week they go to Cincinnati next week so this is this a situation where Miami has been playing very well. Tannen Hill has p- passed for almost 290 yards per game the last four games. He's been moving this offense pretty well for the Miami, and when they're front, front across the defensive lines playing well. They've covered four straight, but this is the week. I think they're going to have a tough time. Not only is the weather. Remember, the Buffalo beat this Dolphins team earlier 23-21. Dolphins were laying six. Now they're laying two and a half on the road, and the weather certainly has to be an issue. And I want you to do some research to stay on top of the injuries. Miami has both their quarterbacks. One's been put on injured reserve, and the other, Brett Grimes, their shutdown corner, did not practice um, on Wednesday. He's got a groin injury suffered last week against New England. And, uh, again, Demetrius Patterson is out now for the season. And they're also missing a guy along the defensive line. So you want to check that. The running back situation isn't, isn't strong as well with the Daniel Thomas- Injured his ankle earlier in November. He re-aggravated it again last week against New England. So they're a little banged up in this key game, and I think Buffalo's going to show here real well. The running game should come alive and be strong for the Bills. I project both teams to be very strong this week running the ball. If EJ Manuel can limit turnovers, I think the Dolphins are going to get this win, and it's upset Miami this week. Remember, in the first meeting, um, uh, Manuel did not play at quarterback, and the, and the Bills' running game was limited that week. I think both teams have success. Again, the weather probably a factor. This total sitting at 43, and I don't expect a lot of scoring this week in Buffalo. Okay, big game here. Game 103, New Orleans Saints at Carolina. The Panthers are laying three. 46, the total. New... New Orleans spits the bit a little bit last week. They go to St. Louis. Never in that game they they fell behind early. And uh, again, I came on here. I know I said that my, uh, the, uh, the Saints would have success in that game and probably win it by a touchdown. They get upset, and that's again the fundamentals come to play. The, the The Rams ran the ball right at New Orleans, and the defensive line shut them down. The stats read like this in that game last week. The Saints ran the ball just 20 times. And if you read my article about Inside the Numbers, and also I post some of this stuff in the uh, write-up of the podcast on the website, vegasportszone.com, you know teams that run the ball 20 times or less in an NFL game only cover the spread 15% of the time. It's a very negative situation. They run it 20 times for 61 yards last week, the Saints. They give up 144 on 34 rushes. You also know by listening to by show and also by the things I write about and have a proprietary database of a decade long, the teams that run the ball at least 30 times in an NFL game have a very strong chance to cover the point spread. So this week, I think we can fundamentally break this down, that even though Carolina went to New Orleans just two weeks ago and were blitzed 34-7 and outplayed badly, their running game is going to be the strength here. I think Cam Newton will have a pretty good game. As long as the, one of the best defenses in the NFL, that being the Panthers, on their home field can shut down enough or at least slow down Breeze, I'm pretty confident that the fundamentals are going to play out here. I think Carolina is going to get this win, and if you haven't checked or been paying attention, this is the key game now in the NFC and really of the season, I think, thus far. the winner of the, These teams are tied at 10-4. and four. The winner of this, this uh, game then... Just has to win their last game of the season, also against division opponents. These two play Tampa and Atlanta in the last week. So whoever wins this has the clear place to not only the division, but they will then essentially have secured the, the number two seed, no worse than the number two seed in the first round by, one of the biggest games of the season, and I think Carolina gets the win this week. All right, game 105, Dallas at Washington. The Cowboys laying two-and-a-half on the road. 53 the total. I mentioned the weather. There's going to be over 20 mile an hour winds and real some better than 50% chance of rain, so check that. And I think this this total is too high. It's dipped down a little bit. 53, 53 and a half in places. actually some 54s here in Las Vegas. Got some of the properties here. But boy, Dallas, what can you say? We had them last week in a teaser. And if you bet it late, you, you got plus one. It would have pushed on that to the second leg of it. But the reality is How can this Cowboys team, week after week, I talk about this, they're up 26-3 at halftime. This team, who is calling the plays? If it's the offensive coordinator, obviously, but Jason Garrett, if he's still involved, this team just doesn't get it. They run the ball 18 times last week, only 18 times. Now, they ran it for 134 yards. You'd think having that kind of success, they'd run it more. You'd think up 26-3, to three, they'd run it a little bit more. I actually checked and went through play-by-play play in the second half. They made some some effort to run it. The problem is they had two key holding penalties that set them back in, in drives that cost them uh, potential uh, to get more than just field goals on one drive, and the other set them back. And then, of course, Rumble's throwing the picks late in the game and uh, really turning that game around. But what a terrible loss for Dallas. And now they're having they had a chance with Philly losing earlier in the day, just at one of the worst losses of the season. Now they're sitting 7-7 a game back for Philly, and they need this one. And um, Again, fundamentally, I talked about last week, we made an opinion recommendation to clients taking the Washington Redskins. as As big a mess as they are, They clearly had fundamentals that I looked for, and guess what? It played out. They ran for 103, just 21 rushes, but the Falcons just 54 yards rushing, and Dallas has not shown that they're going to consistently run the ball. Now, he had a big passing game out of the backup quarterback last week for Washington. He played well, but obviously doesn't have the running threat that RG3 does, but he still played very well. And... uh, this is a dangerous spot. It's one of the biggest rivalries in the NFL. This is where I talk about these bad teams like Washington. They're not going to roll over. They, um, they didn't play real well, but ultimately cover at Atlanta. How bad is Washington? How bad is Atlanta? Washington had seven turnovers last week, and they almost pulled it out. That says volumes about how bad Atlanta's been going this season. But also, when I break down the matchups, I do see an edge, and a pretty sizable one in the running game for Washington this week. That has me very tentative with uh, Dallas. Remember, Dallas, plus 11 in turnovers this season, and they're only 500. Washington, minus nine. There's a tremendous special special teams edge going Washington's way in this, as Washington has... Going Dallas's way as Washington has the worst special teams unit in the NFL. Tough call. I'm very hesitant. We're getting burned with Dallas in some, some key spots when they need to win. they got to have it this week, and this is the right opponent. I'm still not uh, ready to, to take the fundamentals with Washington as they find ways to lose more than win. Game 107, Tampa Bay goes to St. Louis. Obviously nothing to play for in this game, but pride. And We'll see a line of 4.5 for the Rams, 43 is the total. If the Rams play the way we've seen them in enough games this season, they've, they've had some key wins, obviously, over Indy. They've knocked out some top teams. Last week they played well against physical, fundamental, strong-running teams like San Francisco. They struggled, obviously, against Seattle. But against a team here like Tampa that has the rookie backfield, the rookie quarterback going on the road, and we're seeing that the Rams, under Fisher, are going to continue to play hard enough. Um you don't want to get to have a laying points and certainly above a field goal with bad teams. But the reality is the Bucs last week physically beaten up in that game by San Francisco. Now they've got to travel on the road. What are they playing for here? I think you'll get a pretty good effort out of the, 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 the defensive side of the ball. But uh, they don't have enough offense. And I think we've seen the Rams can play well. Um, they're running the ball better. They can balance out the offense. And the defense is clearly a stronger up front in this unit. Uh, Tampa Bay has the number 32, 13 units, and uh, s- uh, s- special teams are poor here. The Bucks are outgained um, by two 2-1 margin at home, and San Francisco last week didn't play well. They gave up a number of drives uh, on offense, that being the, the Bucks, so a number of drives and in punts. I think they'll have a tough time scoring here again on the road, and I, I-, I lean this week to uh, the Rams at home. Game 109, Chicago goes to Philadelphia. Eagles are laying three, 55, 55 and a half the total. Obviously, this is also a big game for the week as the Phillies on top of the division in the NFC East at 8-6, got a game leader with the Cowboys. But the Bears are now on top of the NFC North, holding off Green Bay by a half a game, holding off the Lions who blew it on Monday night by a full game. And this is a Bears team that had been giving up 200 yards per game for six weeks on the ground consistently. Until last week, who knows what Cleveland's doing? We know they don't have a strong ground game, but they don't even bother to to be running. They they, they run it 17 times at home against the Bears defense that is so dreadful against the run. That tells you about lack of play calling and some of the things. Well, that won't be a problem this week. We know what the Eagles do. They run it with McCoy. They move it. They spread it. They're going to really come after the Bears here, I think, in that defensive front that's really been weak. And then, boy, the Bears. You know, they pulled out last week at Cleveland. Now they got to go, in, and the weather again could be a, an issue here. And uh, I want nothing to do with this Bears' defense and concerns. Cutler comes back last week. He had a pretty good game in his, after a long layoff, but the reality as well is he did throw two interceptions, and his team was able to overcome it because they're playing the Browns. Not this week at Philly. This line opened at four. It's come down to three. But I like the Eagles this week at home. i I, I really like what I've seen in recent weeks on the Eagles. Until their last game, they had held eight straight opponents, I believe, under 21 or less points after starting their defense so poorly early in the year. But this week, when I break down the matchups and I look at the point of attack play and I look at the rushing guidelines that I utilize in evaluating games, I still believe we've got a real problem here with the defense of the Bears. I see Philadelphia putting up one of the strongest rushing numbers of the week, and it won't surprise me if they hit 200 this week on the ground. That has me looking their way plenty. Let's lay it with the Eagles this week at home over the Bears. Game 111, the Cleveland Browns at the New York Jets. Two and a half a half's the number. The Jets landed it at home. 40s the total, and if you've been listening to this podcast week after week, you know I'm not going to lay points with the Jets. Not with that quarterback. Now Geno Smith, 21 turnovers, an accident waiting to happen. Situationally, I'll tell you this as well. In December, when two teams are coming off a loss and the home, and you return home and you have a favorite of three or less, a home favorite of three or less, you want to play against that team. It's a very basic situation where if this team was worth their weight or their salt at all, they'd be laying more than three against a bad team. Well, the Browns aren't terribly bad, but most consider them bad, and we know that if you take a look at the standings, you see Cleveland right back where they have been year after year in the basement of the AFC North. They're 4-10. and I think they're better than that. I think they've shown at times, but last week, they don't fundamentally work it out real well, and yet this week against the Jets team, who's strong against the run, you have to have some questions. But I'm not trusting Geno Smith, and I have to trust that my situations that I've used for many, many years, and, uh, utilizing the teams like the Jets, who are sitting at six and eight, 246 points for, 367 points against, as good as a in defense as they still can be had. They're five and two at home. That's a positive. And yes, Cleveland is just one and five on the road this season. But that doesn't deter me. Is I, I can't let. I don't want any interest in laying with. The Jets have talked about that, and then the situation is, believe it or not, it's more favorable with nothing to play for for either team. Despite some rushing guidelines that might lean the Jets' way, I'm not, I'm not on their side. They're minus 19 turnovers net for the season. Geno Smith is a real problem. We'll see if Campbell can do enough in the running game, but I trust the Cleveland defense. Remember, this is very strong secondary. With Joe Hayden and one of the best yards per play defenses, along with the Jets in the league. Let's look at this game and watch the weather. It's got to be a low-scoring game. This is this has been 41 places that, um, and open 39. half, went to 41. I see 40. I've I've got to believe this week we see uh, limited scoring here in uh, at MetLife Stadium. Game 113, the Indianapolis Colts go to Kansas City. The Chiefs are laying six and a half, 45 the total. And again, let's look at the standings. After the Broncos get upset a week ago Thursday, that now leaves these two teams tied at 11-3. and three. Denver and Kansas City and the AFC West battling it out. Of course, we know Denver will win the tiebreaker if they tie. But these games become critical. Not only is it big in terms of winning the division, but this is, this is a potential number one seed still. It's not out of reach here for Kansas City. They're going to have to win out because Denver's clearly going to be able to win at least one of their final two. And, um, there's a couple other motivational factors here. If you look back at last season, when these teams, these teams met, um, Kansas City outgained the Colts badly and by margin, um, 507 to 288, but they lost the game when the Colts were able to turn three turnovers, um, into some points. And I think Kansas City remembers some of that. Now they have the better running game, um. Indy bounced back last week. That was against a dead Texas team at home. And uh, if you look at the last four weeks prior, Indy's really struggled. You're seeing Luck under a lot more pressure. They're not running the ball effectively. Clearly with Charles at running back, and you saw the explosiveness last week of Kansas City's offense, um, able to get it done. And although the Colts, I think, in cornerback and the secondary are pretty solid, I think they're going to have a tough time here. I like the Chiefs this week laying what I think is a reasonable number against the Colts team that I don't – um, that I don't see. In fact, I think the, the Chiefs, I see a reasonable it's six and a half now, but uh, I think they're a potential teaser play. I think the Colts are already locked into where they're at for the playoffs here. They're nine and five. They have a shot at the three seed, but they've clinched the division. They're pulling away, and you see, uh, I think that you're going to still get the motivation and the better effort out of Kansas City this week. Game 115, the Vikings, Minnesota going to Cincinnati. The Bengals laying seven. I see some seven and a half. Get the best number if you like them. If you want to tease them, of course, you can do that to get them down to one. 47 and a half. The Vikings surprised many last week, including us. Thought the ground game would be the difference with Philadelphia. They go on the road. They spit the bit themselves on the road at Minnesota. The Vikings beat them in a high-scoring game. But that still tells you a lot about this Minnesota defense. It's one of the worst in the history of the Vikings as a franchise. And this week at Cincinnati, I think they're going to get the balance the ground game, the passing game. Uh, Green on the outside is going to have a big game, I think, for the Bengals. And Cincinnati, just a game up now on Baltimore. Yes, at times when you need, you bleed. But this is a team that Cincinnati can handle at home. It's also a point that the Bengals are 6-0 at home this year. They played some t- good teams. They've come out and played their best ball here. I expect them to do that. The Vikings out of it, not much to play for. They get a, they get a big win last week. I'm gonna just double check the the final week because they're sitting at four nine and one in the division. We know that they're not gonna risk much with Peterson. They're not gonna run him into the ground like they did. For back to back weeks a few weeks ago when he carried it thirty-five times in a game. They've got Detroit on deck back at home. That'll be a game that they might circle a little bit more for. I think they're in trouble here at Cincinnati this week, and I'm not afraid to lay a pretty pretty good size number at seven with the Bengals this week at home. All right, game one seventeen. The Denver Broncos go to Houston. They land ten on the road in fifty-two and a half. Can you imagine this number early in the season. And remember the Texans won their first Two games of the season to open up. This is supposed to be one of the favorites to uh, make the playoffs and be a contender again. All they've done is drop to 2 and 12, 12 straight losses. Now they face the best team in the AFC. Well, Denver clearly has something to play for. They let, they get upset at home last week. They got the extra rest. And they're going to go on the road with um, a team that defensively is still pretty good, that being Houston, but just, they just have not shown. Um, the ability now with nothing to play for and week after week taking bad and then firing their coach. There's just a lot of negative things around this Texas team. And I think you're going to see another big offensive performance out of Manning in this offense. When I look at how I project statistical profiles and how it might play out, it's not going to be a huge game for Denver here on the road, but their defense won't have to do as much. And while well, their defense doesn't play real well, I think they'll have enough to shut down the quarterback here a rookie for Houston, I don't project at yards for Houston, and I certainly can see Denver pulling away. Now, can they get it by margin? Well, Houston, you have to start looking at turnovers. Houston's minus 15 net turnovers. Let's see to this quarterback more this week put in outside to contain, and you're going to see Manning have a good solid game. I, have, I don't know if I'm, I'm rarely willing to lay doubles uh, on the road in an NFL game. It's it's difficult for me to start laying um points above field on the road. But this is a, obviously a mismatch and I think Houston's gonna have a better effort in the season finale than here. You're gonna see Broncos come pretty solid here this week. But um uh tough to lay ten in any anyway in my book, but I can only see it going one way. Game one nineteen, the Tennessee Titans go to Jacksonville to face the Jags. The Titans lay five and a half up road 44 well if you want a bad team that's found ways to lose give away games to the division rival and now go lay points even at jacksonville on the road be my guest because i will not be on the titans this week this is a tough team that's been uh, just not been able to get it together and i think they sense that potentially much has got to wonder if he's going to be able to hold on to his job here they're five and nine for the season they're three and four on the road Yes, the Jags got um, what they. We thought last week the Bills went in there, but they've been playing better. Henny's not much. Um, I would like the change of times with him, but there's there's still some some uh, inconsistency. But I like the ground game if they can um, balance it out enough. Jones, Drew, of course, not been able to go recently, but uh, we'll we'll see. You're gonna have to watch the um, lineups here as this game goes, as well as the quarterback situation with the Titans is this one nears post but i'm not going to be like i will let all the Jags here a little closer and dig a little deeper and see where their motivation is to come come still there's clearly the team that uh, has played a little better um and we're catching five and a half right now maybe a six pops but uh, let, let's watch this one a little bit later in the week game 121 arizona goes to seattle seahawks laying 10 43 clearly we've had a quality undervalued team this this season in the in the uh, Arizona Cardinals who at 9 and 5 are not in playoffs that they started now. They're a game back of both Carolina and New Orleans whoever will be the wild card there along with the San Francisco 49ers who right now would be the other wild card. And boy this Cardinals team you got to give them a lot of credit. They're six and one at home. They're just three and four on the road, but they've uh, they've performed admirably. Palmer, when given time, has been able to balance this offense out. But it's this defense that has played very, very well. And this week at Seattle, again, a potential weather um, location that you want to check. I think this. I think that the, the Cardinals know what's at stake here. They've got to be able to win here. Coming moving out, and this is a tough. They could be eliminated this week if if they lose and the other teams were to win. Um, it sets up a tough spot for them. So I think the defense will, again, play very, very well this week. And I'm going to be looking at this total and uh, consider this one under this week. Seattle, we know how strong they are defensively. And uh, we also know that the number one teams in terms of rushing attempts per game, 32 to 33, they run every single week. They might not have the success against Arizona, but I think it's going to be tough sledding for both teams to be able to consistently move the ball move it on third down is going to be tough so probably a lower scoring game as i can evaluate the yards and where i see projections I don't see either team really getting – I think 125 yards rushing would be a big game for either of these teams this week against these defenses. It's who's going to be able to minimize the mistakes. They're both positive in the turnover column this season. 16, plus 16 net for Seattle. It's been a big part of their success as well as the balance on both sides of the ball. Plus three for Arizona. They hang on the ball. Palmer can make some key plays, I think, through the air, which will be a few big plays. I think they can stay inside this number, but in a lower-scoring game – I think that's the way that's the better play this week. Game 123, the Giants go to Detroit. Speaking of spitting the bit, the Lions last week on Monday night blow it. They're laying nine now this week. 48 and a half, 49 is the total. Well, both these teams had a bad week last week. Start with the Giants. They get shut out at home by Seattle. What do they have to play for here? I get a I get on Geno Smith and I get on some of these other quarterbacks that are having bad years to turn it over. Well, guess what? Eli Manning has 25 interceptions this year. He, last week, another disaster. And that was against the top defense. But, boy, Detroit, I think, their front can put enough pressure. Um, They did that, I think, pretty well Monday night. They outgained uh, Baltimore by more yards. They outgained them in terms of yards per per play. They... um, Unfortunately, had three turnovers to the Ravens. Zero, and I talked about before. Going into that game, the Lions had 20 turnovers in their previous seven games. This team is finding ways to beat themselves. I, I really believe they've got the skill and they can bounce it off out here this week. I think this could really get away from the Giants again. Clearly, the motivation is with the Lions. Until that poor performance and scoring output against Baltimore, they've been putting up some big numbers at home, and I think the Giants are in for it here. You might, again... I think the Giants against a team like Seattle, who's a potential Super Bowl entrant this year out of the NFC, I would have thought at home last week that New York would have given them the effort. That should tell you right there now that going on the road here late season with nothing on the line, that there's going to be a real lack of focus, a lack of, a, I think, a effort in any way. I think they're in trouble here this week at Detroit. Um, after last week's debacle on Monday night, we know we had the lines, and then we recommended a teaser plan on them. It might be tough to bounce back, but I think they do this week. And uh, nine, uh, let, let me just double-check to see if I can get you the best number here right now with the Lions. I do see an eight-and-a-half offshore. Um, I'm seeing nines here mostly in Vegas. I'm going to check one more because if you had a teaser play where you can get this below three and tease down to two-and-a-half, I think it's a good play to, to put it on Put it on others this week, but right now they're nine across the board in Las Vegas. Just one shot, I see offshore eight and a half. So let's watch this one. But Lions are going to win this one this week, and I think they're going to win it by margin. Game 125, Oakland goes to San Diego. How about the Chargers last Thursday? There, well now they're laying nine and a half against the Raiders team. Who God, are they just awful last week? And the total's 15 and a half. And The way the total's been going in these high-scoring games, I'd I'd say, yeah, I'm going to want to be involved with that in this total, and and possibly so. I just have a tough time with rookie quarterbacks, with uh, Matt McGloin still being gone for Oakland. In an environment of going on the road, I I have to believe we're going to have to have two teams still score enough. And when you have these kind of totals, you can't just count on one team being able to put up 35 to 40 to get you there. And I worry about Oakland, I think, offensively. Last week, God, they just were awful against Kansas City. They let the Chiefs come out from the get-go and just dominate them. The Raiders end up giving up 384 yards at 7.5 yards per play. In fact, last week, the Chiefs only ran 51 plays. Raiders at 74. They outrushed. They were the only team who outrushed their opponent by margin 130 to 78, and they uh, they didn't get it done. Why? Seven turnovers. Well, that tells you more problems, I think. And boy, San Diego got back in the potential for the wild card. They got hurt when both Miami. They hung on late, and the Ravens pulled it out late with the 61-yard field. That hurt the Chargers, who had won the Thursday before, but they're still in it. You're going to get a good effort here from San Diego. In these division games, you have to be a little careful, I think, when you start to lay these numbers. But I'm going to look a little further, dig into the local coverage here a little bit more, see where we're at with Oakland. But it's it's hard. I, I thought I thought maybe a month ago that Oakland might be a team that could potentially have value at some bigger numbers, but we're seeing that's just not the case. And I, uh, I break this. I do see San Diego having the better of it in the running game. Clearly, the passing game. I think Rivers goes over 300 in this game. Um, both teams are negative turnover margin for the year, but net. But uh, the Raiders are minus eight, and they find ways to give it away. Clearly, last week. So uh, let's look a little further. As I say, tough sometimes to lay the bigger number, but this might be the, the situation with the Chargers this week. One. 57, the Pittsburgh Steelers go to Green Bay. No line right now, obviously checking the injury situations, the quarterback, and Rodgers isn't going to come back. You know, you're seeing the stuff mentioned that he's hoping to get back and play. Well, Flynn actually made a pretty good performance last week, especially in the second half, to get it done at Dallas. And um, I will say this, Pittsburgh, we've seen a real – Differential in how they've played uh, both offensively and defensively this this season, and I don't know where this number is going to come because of the situations with the injury. But I'm going to have a tougher time supporting the Steelers as obviously they're out of the playoff picture. They're gone. Their special teams have performed poorly as well. But uh, just the running game and the point of attack play has been a real down year for Pittsburgh. And Green Bay uh, still has some to play for. They're not right out of. They could still win this division even without Rodgers. They're obviously going to come real good here this week, but let's see where the line comes when it ultimately comes out. Nothing yet as of Wednesday. Game 129, the last game in the car. And it's a good one. New England's at Baltimore. The Ravens land two and a half at home, 44 and a half. They surprised us last week and were able to pull it out. Not, not touchdown for the Ravens. They win at 18 16 with a long 61 yard field goal. And they just do what I said again they've done all, all week. This team has either found ways to just hang on or pull out victory or they've been able to cover a few numbers like against Green Bay where they complete fourth and 20 or backdoor and have no business because offensively this team just does their terrible running game know one of the worst in the league Flacco clearly shows that he can be clutching given time and stand in the pocket and make very strong arm and make the plays the defense I will give him credit along the front especially nose tackle this team can slow you on the run and defensively they come together I give a lot of the credit this is just a coach team all around that finds ways to make the plays and win, as does often the New England Patriots. Now, the last few weeks, we've seen Brady drive this team down the field late, only to come up a little short. I've said on this podcast many times, I didn't think New England was more than no more than a 10-win team for the entire season. Well, last they had a 10 wins going last week. We had Miami as a top play winner last week over the Patriots. I'm not sure I'm going to want to lay it, but I, I just – it, it, this is a real tough thing because both these teams I want to kind of play against against the right opponent, and I just can't figure it out. So I'm going to look at the total a little bit more as this goes on, evaluate the weather. And if the weather's not a factor, I think we could see enough scoring here. We know that Brady's going to go to the air. Um, they'll probably have the better balance in running game. And when I look at the numbers again, if I were to tell you, um, I project this to be pretty close on the ground game. But New England defensively, we're seeing uh, last week they gave it up against Miami. Maybe Baltimore has a little more success, but I think the ball will be in the air a lot more, which will have me, if weather permitting, but this could get one of the higher scoring games this week as it plays out as I may project there. Both special teams are solid. We might see some return game here. I'm going to leave the side for just now. Um, I, I'm not certain I want to lay it with Baltimore because I just don't think that they're – I just – I said, I just don't think they're a playoff team this year, but they're finding ways to get it done, obviously, down the last uh, month here down the stretch. We'll see if they can do it in a key game this week. That's it for week 16 of the Vegas Sports Zone Handicapping and Betting Podcast. I'm Fairway Jay. Be sure to visit the site daily. We have no Thursday game this week, but uh, check all the content. You've got the uh, Inside the Numbers – Talks a lot about the rushing guidelines and some other things through the week. I'm now posting Friday free plays in basketball. Although we come out a losing week in the NFL, and it's not been a season that I would like overall this year in the NFL, I will tell you that basketball is going very well. Big Bertha 20 stars are 5-0 and in all basketball this season. You can get on for $39 for a full week of all basketball and the NFL. And be sure to inquire as the Bulls are coming up next week. We'll come on this broadcast and talk about some of the specials. Inquire, get on for a full card club for the best on daily plays in basketball. We're winning and profitable, for both the NBA and college basketball. We'll hopefully bounce back with a good week this week in the NFL. Thanks again for listening to the Vegas Sports Zone Handicapping and Betting Podcast. Good luck this week.